it may not be my name on the sign, but I treat it like it is. You know, I, I love that place and I love that family and the history there. And so I just, it, it's very important to me to make sure that I withhold that name and that standard. Uh, and that's why I work as hard as I do because it, it, it's my name attached to it. You know, people know that I'm the one that's there doing everything and I don't want to disappoint anyone. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with Brian Bingham uh, from Bodacious Moberly. And Brian's got a really interesting history in barbecue, kind of it may seem like a you know a, a fast rise from where you were a couple of years ago, but you've been involved and passionate about barbecue for years before you before you ever got to, to Bodacious. He's got so, a passion for barbecue, and that's just what you'll get. Interesting. Yeah, as the song goes. Anyhow, <laughs> but Brian and I'm sorry, pro- we amuse ourselves. Yes, yeah. we do, and I'll probably call you Bingham most of the time, just yeah, because. Yeah, that's fine. So it's not confusing. Just, just Brian to keep and Brian. The, yeah, there you go. So, yes, Brian Bingham. Let us know a little bit about how barbecue got started for you. Uh, for I mean, I guess really just kind of like everyone uh, growing up, I didn't have a ton of uh, barbecue experience other than my dad cooking at home, uh, you know, on the grill, uh, grilling chicken, stuff like that. I, I don't really remember having a whole lot of barbecue as a kid other than like, you know, your chains like uh, Dickies. And we had a, uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was, I think it was a Baker's in Mesquite. I was actually just telling Russell about this uh, yesterday. Uh, my dad would bring home, they do like uh, potatoes and that they rub on the outside with salt and pepper. And I just remember that a lot growing up, having that. And uh, so that was always something I really enjoyed. And uh, I, as far as me cooking barbecue, I kind of just started at home. Uh, when we bought our house, me and my wife, uh, my parents bought me a little charcoal grill from Academy, the uh, Pecos. The old country, our, yeah. our favorite little starter pit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they, it was just a charcoal pit. It didn't, it didn't have a smoke box on it. I had literally never, never cooked, oh, that's never even, grilled. That's not even the Pecos. That's oh, yeah. probably the, the uh, yeah, one down a little from charcoal that. Pit. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, when we when we got it, they had, you know, they wanted to get me a grill for our house. And uh, one day I decided, it's like I, I kind of want to try some to cook some barbecue, and uh, had to cut the brisket in half just to get it to fit and uh, you know, cook it offset. And uh, just kind of from there, just became incredibly obsessed with it. Uh, and just kind of haven't stopped since. Was there any, did you have any experience eating like a modern style of barbecue, like as you started cooking it? So no, when I, when I had first started, I can't remember exactly how the timeline went, but one of the very first like actual crap barbecue places I had gone to was actually Bodacious when it had first reopened. Uh, and then after that, was when I started getting more into the craft. When I first started, you know, like everyone, I, I learned from watching the Franklin videos and I hadn't really eaten a whole lot of uh, different craft places. I hadn't made the pilgrimage by any means to Austin and all that yet. Uh, so, you know, my only memories and other things I'd eaten, like I said, were the chains and stuff. I, had, I hadn't yet really gotten into the whole craft scene yet. Other than uh, other than uh, bodacious, as you started to, as you did start to kind of explore and eat, what what were some of the places that really popped in your head? That- so, the actually the weekend before I started at Bodacious, uh, we had gone to Austin and went to uh, Style Switch, Truth, uh, Valentina's, and those were I had those all in, in the same weekend, and that was really like it, it just 
blew my mind how good it could be. You know, because I, like I said, I, cooking it at home, you know, I thought I was doing a really good job. And like everyone, when they first start cooking barbecue, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna open a restaurant and take over the world. And then I went and ate at these other places. And I was just like, my, like, holy crap. <laughs> my food was awful compared to that. Uh, you know, and like I said, you know, everyone, when you first start, you know, you think you're the, you're the king of the world when you're cooking. And uh, I had a lot to learn. So you, you named some places that are, are uh, pretty reputable for things other than brisket or Texas Trinity. Was that some of the other experience that you had was just beyond just brisket and ribs and, and yeah, I mean, when I, you know, when I first when I first really got into everything, I was really focused on the meat. That was, you know, the meat was what I was really interested in trying from everyone. Uh, so, you know, your Trinity or your basics, that was what I was super into when I first got into it. And then it kind of changed from there. Uh, but yeah, that's what I was really into was just kind of your basics, your brisket, your ribs. Uh, I hadn't even really, I didn't know anything about sausage when I first started eating barbecue. It was m mainly just, you know, brisket ribs, uh, maybe turkey and some pork, things like that. So one of the things that we love about what you do at Bodacious and what Bodacious, that store has done in general is there's so much great barbecue and a lot of it is cooked in a very similar style and bodacious and you don't follow that style you guys cook a little bit differently um so when you you know you were doing you're trying to learn the just traditional regular offset cooking in the backyard and then when you started bodacious you you got to learn on all these different types of pits how was that transition for you learning kind of a different way of doing things than what you learned on the franklin videos it, and other things like that i mean it, it's really hard to put into words you know how different it was like I said, I mean, when I was doing it at home, uh, I was, you know, when I would cook briskets, it was temping them, you know, I'd probe them and like just the, the vast difference from backyard cooking to the way I learned to cook professionally uh, with the quantity that you cook and just the way that you cook. It was just, I, it was night and day, the difference uh, going from probing everything and, and following a, a strict timeline of, okay, it says it's going to be done this time. That's when I'm going to pull it. Versus when I started at Bodacious, it was, you know, everything was by feel, by look, uh, you know, you, you know, squish on it and, and that's how you would kind of tell things were done. And it was just, it was really hard for me at first. Uh, I had a really hard time learning uh, on the briskets. I was, I was terrified, honestly. Uh, I, I would literally find anything I could do when briskets were done uh, to be busy to where I didn't have to be the one that pulled them because I was, I was scared. And, and at, at Bodacious, you guys are cooking your briskets a little differently than, than most of the other places. A lot, a lot longer cook yeah, time overall. Yeah, so yeah, we cook for at least at least 24 hours, or like I like to tell people, which everyone does, you know, they're, when they're done, that's how that's how long they cook. Uh, but yeah, about 24 to 26 hours, we cook way lower than a lot of people do, uh, anywhere from 200 to 225, uh, and yeah, it's it's a lot different. And, then, then you're hot and fast, obviously. And for, like I said, from the videos that I had learned when I was, I'd cook a brisket in, in eight hours and think it was done at the same temperatures. <laughs> and one of the things that to me just kind of fascinates me about how you do everything is because Bodacious is such a small operation and there's not many employees. I mean, you are the everything at mm -hmm. that place. I mean, I mean, obviously you've got, you got employees that do a great job, yeah. but you're the trimmer, you're the prepper, you're Lysoling down the tables at the end of the day. I mean, you're everything. Yeah, it, 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 uh, it was, it was really hard at first. Uh, you know, when I, when I, when I first started there, obviously when I was just a, an employee, it wasn't, it was a lot easier for me. Uh, 
you know, I just had a little, little things here and there that I did. But when I actually started, when I took over and started doing everything, that was, that was, it was really hard to, to uh, figure out my times and figure out when I needed to start things and, and how to just work the day out. What do you think as they, as you transition from basically a cook to not just a pit master, but kind of running the whole, the mm-hmm. whole show there, what were, as you mentioned, trying to manage the times, what was really the most difficult piece to all of that? At literally everything. I mean, you know, not to get too serious, but I, you know, was talking about this the other day where, you know, when I first took over, uh, there was, there was plenty of days where honestly, I kind of just wanted to quit. Like it was, it was too much. Uh, I, I definitely was not ready to take over when I did, uh, and, but I figured it out. But I mean, uh, I can't pinpoint one thing. Like literally, it was everything. There was days that I'd be there till you know seven or eight o'clock at night, sometimes later, just trying to get caught up to make sure that I've got my food ready for the next day, plus specials and all that stuff. So, like I said, I can't just name one thing because it was just the entire job itself. It was just it was a, a really hard transition to figure out how to do all of that because like we had previously stated at the beginning i didn't really have a whole lot of experience i mean i cooked barbecue at home for you know one one or two years tops and so it, i i went really quickly from literally knowing nothing to okay now i was there for about a year and then okay now guess what you're getting thrusted into this position i mean it, it as ironic as it seems, I mean, that seems to be kind of the, the typical transition into a pit master or heading up. Is right, it's, yeah, it's well, never typical planned. for a pit master, but Brian is doing so much more than that. I mean, there's literally, for any listeners not aware, there are four employees at Bodacious Yeah, there's, really, there's four of <laughs> us. Including there's, Brian. There's, there's five, technically. One of them just a cashier. We have two different cashiers that work gotcha. several days a week. But yeah, it's, it's just four of us, and I just, uh, we've got a new guy that started, you know, a little over a month ago, but, you know, it's, 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 it's hard, but it's, it's awesome. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to do it any other way, but. Um, and, and that location has such a reputation now. I'm obviously Texas Monthly number four restaurant and everything, and you've been running it for a year, and it has not skipped a beat in the time you've been running it. I, I just ate there two days ago, and it was just, I mean, it's fantastic. What you're doing there is great, and the fact that you're doing it at, on such a small team, right. just, I mean, it's it's impressive to do that day in, day out. I mean, it, it's hard to cook barbecue when you've got a full staff of right. 20 people around you, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I just, when I first got into barbecue, I don't know what it is about it, but I just, I fell as in love with it as anybody could. And I literally, that's, that's all I know is, is barbecue. <laughs> You know, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe it, you know. That's everything I do. I, I just, as soon as I got into it, I, I didn't stop until I got to where I am now. And I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I, I don't want to be second best. I want to be the best. Well, and that's what's also interesting in addition to um, to moving into transition into running the place. You, you continue to develop your skills and continue to work on things. And we saw, and we'll, we'll talk about boudin and sausage, but first, ribs. I mean, you were cooking ribs every single weekend, yeah. every single moment that you weren't at the restaurant. Right. Um, and going through that, what kind of transition did you make with ribs, or what did you learn as you were doing all of that work? So a lot of the stuff that I do at home, like what you're referencing when you see that, that I've been messing with, is you know the way I cook, mainly just ribs, the way I cook ribs at home is a lot different than I do in the restaurant. Uh, so as far as, you know, what, what did I change necessarily at the restaurant? I think the only thing I've really changed there is just my pool times, uh, f- 
at first I was cooking them way too long uh, and so then I started scaling it back and trying to figure out rest times and things like that but as far as you know the way I cook at home it's a lot different uh, I spritz I wrap you know we don't do that at the restaurant so I, I'm not only working on how I cook at the restaurant but I'm also trying to find the way I cook at home you know because it's just different styles and, and different ribs as well the restaurants mm -hmm. baby backs yeah so at, at the restaurant spares, we serve yeah. baby back ribs at home uh, I'll either do the St. Louis cutter you know I prefer the spare ribs if I can find some nice ones uh, and so that 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 in itself was a whole you know whole thing trying to figure out cook times on that how long I wanted to wrap it what I want to use when I wrap it uh, and I'm still I'm still tweaking it a little bit, but I think I finally now I have I have my cook times and everything that I like. But it's just fun to play around with it and, and try and nail it down. One of the things that's kind of become a, a, a Brian Bingham signature are the pork belly burnettes. Uh, you, you're you're constantly coming up with different you know different gastriques and different mm -hmm. ways to, to add different flavors to the pork belly burnettes. How did that start for you? How did that become like something that's really become something I I. I recognize you with yeah so Jordan is actually the one when he was you know still when we were still working together at Moberly, uh he's the one that that taught me how to make the gastrique and and you know I, I owe that all of that to him he's the one that taught me how to do that and he really started that whole movement for us and I kind of just ran with it uh, like a lot of the recipes I do uh, my wife helps me out a lot with with a lot of stuff uh, we bounce ideas off each other she gives me things to she comes up with stuff and then I kind of just figure it out and bang my head against the table till I get it down uh, but it's just really kind of cool you know well obviously I'm sure we'll talk about the other stuff too but like with the pork belly it's just kind of cool to see you know what what other flavors can I do I, I will still do things you know more than once but I like to try and push myself and figure out other flavors to do with it uh, and it's just it's just cool I mean they're they're delicious little little bites of meat candy yep how how is the locals uh, adapted to that they, they surprisingly with the pork belly they love it i mean i think our our best sellers are you know the when we've done the dr pepper the big red especially the big red those have that's been i think a a, a home favorite uh, but they they love it you know we still get some people that that might come in that don't that don't know what it is or they'll ask us but for a lot of stuff like that i moved the pork belly to saturdays because that's when we get a lot of people who travel to eat barbecue on the weekends and so obviously they're excited and more receptive to stuff like that because you know they're traveling to go eat at these places that they follow uh like i did it's such a balance as you've got a menu that has you know sloppy joes on the very low end of cost to mm -hmm. to the brisket and and something adventurous such as the the pork belly and and then boudin that you've been doing quite a bit with as well mm -hmm. And let's talk about our, one of our favorite subjects, sausage. Yeah. Um, you, you really started to come up with some really inventive sausages. And not, as you said, you didn't have any experience making sausage mm -hmm. prior to prior to coming to Bodacious. Yeah. How has that process been for you, both learning the craft of, of making sausage and then coming up with the creative ideas that you come up yeah, with? Yeah, so when I first, just like I was talking about earlier with, with the stresses of the job, when I first started making sausage, it was really hard. It would take me like... And I think the first the first time I made sausage, it probably took me three hours just to twist it, uh, and so that was that was kind of frustrating at first. But once we we got that nailed down, and I figured out the method of how to twist them a little bit easier and more efficient, uh, that really changed everything. And and much like when we were talking about the ribs, um, I started really experimenting with my meat ratios, my fat ratios, and I've I've talked to you guys countless times about you know. 
uh, sausage and things like that. Uh, but you know, we finally got that nailed down. And actually from y'all's sausage episode, uh, before when I would make sausage, I literally would just eyeball it as far as like uh, how much uh, pork and beef I used and how much fat I used. And when people would want to learn how to make sausage, they're like, well, what, what's your ratios? How much fat? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Just, <laughs> I just throw it in there and when it looks like I like it, then that's what it is. And then after I listened to y'all's episode, I, I did that one day, I made the batch and then I pulled everything out separate and I weighed it all and wrote it all down so that I could figure out exactly what it was that I was gonna use. And that really does help when, if and when it comes time to train someone new on yeah. making it. It's a lot easier to train oh, yeah. a number than this yeah, is what it should look like. No one's, no one's going to, you know, like anything in food or any job, no one's going to be able to do things the way that you do it just by looking at it because they're going to see it differently. But now that I actually have it nailed down and written down, you know, the new guy, he's been there for a month and all he's got to do is look at what I, what I want and then just throw it in there. And uh, it, every every single time it comes out exactly the same which um, is which is helpful and i think it allows you to get kind of base recipes and ratios that then you know you can yeah. stretch and, and, yeah, and it, it makes a huge there, difference because yeah. like a lot of the sausage recipes when i first started i, I man i never wrote anything down i just like i would just i would do something and hope i remembered it and if i <laughs> if i did write it down i sent myself a text message on my phone so you've been really creative with the sausage process once you've got your, your base ratios and everything down and you've come up with some really creative stuff. Like following you on Instagram is really fun to see what you're coming up with every week. It's something new. What have been some of the, like, the, the biggest hits for you personally and or for customer base wise? What have people really been receptive to? Um, surprisingly out there, we've had a lot of, a lot of the ones that, that sell really well uh, have been the spicy ones I've made, which I remember one of the first ones I had done, I did a Serrano one that was, I thought it was super spicy and I was kind of worried that people weren't going to buy it and it actually sold really well. So you know, anytime I do like a real spicy one, it seems to sell pretty well. And uh, I like to do uh, a lot of uh, Tex-Mex inspired uh, sausages and those do really well too. Have there been any that didn't work out so well? Yes, there is one that comes to mind and I have seen a couple people that have done it and I kind of want to reach out to them and ask them what they did so that I can maybe fix it. But I had tried to make an Al Pastor sausage and that's actually the Al Pastor burn-ins that I did uh, came because the sausage got screwed up so bad. But I, uh, I tried to make it and I, I wanted to put hops in it too. And the hops that I used were uh, like these concentrated pellets and it just completely overpowered the sausage mm. and it, it was awful, it tasted so bad. And the first time before that, uh, the liquid that I had used from the pineapple, it was there's so much liquid in it that when I put it in the smoker and I tried to turn it over, it just completely disintegrated the casing. And I tried to add in more meat to fix that bitterness from the hops that I had used. And I think I think I ended up adding like another like 15 pounds of meat and it was just completely ruined and I just threw it all away. I was pissed. <laughs> One of the things that, that we've heard and we've seen as well is like a lot of times if you're using an acidic citrus, mm -hmm. you know, the, how much you use is very important because if it's too acidic, it can literally start to cook and cure the meat itself. Yeah. And so you just really have to be careful with those ratios. But yeah. most of the ones you've, you've made have, have worked out pretty darn well and they look great on instagram yeah well I've, yeah, I've definitely uh, a lot of those have gotten a lot of the ones that i do I, i've kind of gotten lucky on them uh that's how a lot of things have kind of worked for me like usually when we come up with something it either just completely bombs and doesn't work or it's just like perfect what are a couple of the the things in in cooking sausage that you really have said this is something that 
I've got to get down and do right every time. And you know, so as an example, you, you mentioned earlier, is it is it the ratio of the meat? Is it it's, the ratio yeah, of the for, salt? Yeah, for me, it's the it's obviously the salt. I've got my salt figured out, so I know exactly how much to use for every sausage I do. But I think the for me, the pork and the fat ratio that I do is the most important to me because I like a, a real smooth texture to sausage. I, I don't like the more I don't like the more coarse ones. I like them to have a smoother texture, almost like a hot link, almost. And so I, that's what I found is with the pork and the fat, I really get that nice check, that texture that I'm looking for. And is that is that what happens if you go uh, too much pork and not enough fat? It gets. I mean, what what is what happens when you get off on that balance? Uh, it just the it, just the texture really. I mean, if you don't have enough of them, it, like I said, for me, what I found is it's going to be a little bit more coarse, and I like I, I just like it to be real smooth. And so uh, once I figured out that ratio, it's just like I said, every time it's perfect every time. So obviously Bodacious is a 50-year-old chain that's got so much tradition and so much history to it that, I mean, while you're able to showcase some of your creativity, there are, I'm sure, things that you'd like to do in a dream scenario if you owned your own restaurant that you... You know that you may not be able to do it bodacious so what, what would kind of be on the brian bingham everyday menu or specials menu if you had your own place i think for me one of the things that i really hope to do one day is have an actual kitchen uh because i would like to do more uh dishes that feature smoked meats i mean obviously i really enjoy doing the staples and the traditional barbecue uh, but i would really like to be able to feature dishes that have smoked meats to do more chef driven stuff and so hopefully one day, if I ever have an actual kitchen with the staff, you know, we could really get creative with what we do with that feature in those smoked items. As you see some of the, the trends in barbecue, you kind of mentioned that, you know, the, the chef driven idea and, and smoked meat element in the larger dish. What do you see as kind of the, the transition of barbecue over the next few years? I, you know, I really think that now, like, you know, people have said before, everyone for the most part, knows how to cook traditional barbecue, uh, you know, your brisket, your ribs, things like that. Uh, I think that as barbecue evolves, you know, people are going to start focusing more on sides, uh, more on being creative, like I said, featuring smoked items instead of just doing, you know, your traditional items that you could get anywhere you go. Because, you know, that's one thing I try and strive for when I make specials is, you know, what am I, what can I do that's different from everyone else that will bring people into the restaurant? Because if I'm just going to cook exactly the same stuff that everyone else cooks, then why would they travel all the way out to East Texas to eat our food? You know, I got to do things that bring them in. And I think that that's the way that barbecue is moving. It's already moving that way. I mean, people are getting, uh, you know, incredibly creative with how they do things. So we, we have to mention we are recording this live at St. Arnold Brewery. Um, we are here for the Houston versus Austin with wild cards, obviously, because you're here. Yes. <laughs> throwdown. And this is the third year of the Houston versus Austin throwdown. Bodacious competed for the first time last year mm-hmm. and won the judge's choice last year with yes. a really creative, inventive dish. And, of course, we're back here today and you're trying to defend the title. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's today's dish? So today's dish is, you know, with we're we're pretty close right now to Thanksgiving, uh, and so that kind of how uh, we invented the dish we have. My, like I said earlier, a lot of things I do. My wife is usually the brains. That's what I tell people. She's the brains. I just cook the meat. Uh, so we kind of took that Thanksgiving approach to it. So we uh, are doing kind of a, a smoked sweet potato uh, grit 
with a uh, pork belly boudin and some spicy cranberry sauce and then we're hoping to add some chicken skins to that but we'll see if that works <laughs> we're kind of we're kind of inventing it as as we are here we're kind of trying to mold it and see what it's going to do and let the dish kind of tell us what it wants yeah it really showcases the creativity that you have and then you know putting your spin on barbecue which is what you've been able to do really impressively in a very short amount of time Going back to those early days a little bit of, you know, how you got started in this, did you think you'd be where you are right now? Man, no, honestly, I really didn't. I mean, I have been, I've been really lucky and blessed from when I started cooking. I mean, when I tell people, I try and abbreviate the story as much as I can for people, you know, but three years ago, maybe almost four, and that's been about four years now, I literally had no cooking experience. One day I just decided that I was gonna learn how to cook. And I, I had no idea that I'd be where I am now. I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been lucky and blessed. And I, you know, that's not to say that everything's just been handed to me. Like I busted my ass to get where I am. Like I, I literally have, I don't stop working. Even on my day off, I'm working or I'm eating barbecue. Uh, so it, it's, it's crazy to me to think that, you know, one day I just kind of had a dream and I literally have not stopped to achieve that dream and there's still more I want to do, uh, but I'm I'm so thankful to be in the position that I am running the restaurant. Like it, it's it's really a dream come true. I mean, I get paid to cook barbecue. <laughs> He's all grown up since the first time we met him. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> bringing the, the warm beer the first time you guys came. And yes, I, yes. For those who don't know, the for the first interview that we did with Bodacious Barbecue, one of our one of our very early episodes was Brian Bingham's first week at the restaurant. Yeah, I had literally been there a week. It was the first weekend that I was there whenever you guys came in and. I, I think at that time I may have cooked some ribs or something that I ruined. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. So, so if it wasn't barbecue and if it wasn't bodacious, what, what do you think you'd be doing today? If I like, if I wasn't cooking barbecue, or just if I wasn't at bodacious, kind of both, really. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to think about what I would do if I wasn't cooking barbecue because it's literally the only thing that I'm good at and that I like. Like I. You know, I'm, I'm really into sports and music and stuff, so, you know, maybe I do something like that. But, you know, like anyone, you know, uh, there's dreams and, and there's hopes that maybe one day I can move back to Dallas. Uh, and, you know, that's where my family is and my best friend's back home. And so, you know, we've uh, people talk. You know, there's no there's no plan set in stone. I, I, like I said, I've kind of let the universe tell me what to do. Uh, everything I have got that I've done so far, it's just kind of, it's just been the right moment for it to happen. You know, when I first, my first cooking job, uh, like I've said before, Golden Corral, I applied everywhere in town. They're the only place that called me. And then from there, you know, my, one of my chefs at school got me the job at the hotel, uh, just based off of a recommendation. And then that's, you know, when I was at that hotel and I was working, you know, three jobs and going to culinary school, and cooking barbecue on the weekends, then my wife is the one that introduced me to Jordan. And then from there, he started following me on Instagram and offered me the job. And it's just kind of been a snowball effect of, you know, the the universe has said, hey man, here's this if you want it. And I said, all right, let's do it. And so, you know, I, I'm not gonna force anything. I love what I'm doing. I, I, I really enjoy representing the bodacious and, uh, you know, really, not only building up the name but also in Roland's memory you know it's it's a, it's an honor 
for that. It's an honor to represent the number four place in, in Texas, you know. It's it's really cool, and I don't have any plan of leaving anytime soon, but like I said, you know, it, everyone has dreams, and I think everyone dreams of one day owning something with their own name to it, you know. You mentioned, you know, obviously Roland's memory and, and the number four. You guys kind of have a big target on your back now as, as top five barbecue in Texas. Yeah. You know, um, consistency is one of the big things around around maintaining that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that at Bodacious day in and day out? You know, just really having a passion for it. You know, anyone can cook food, but you can taste that passion. And I care so much about it. I mean, it may not be my name on the sign, but I treat it like it is. You know, I, I love that place and I love that family and the history there. And so I just... It, it's very important to me to make sure that I withhold that name and that standard. Uh, and that's why I work as hard as I do because it, it, it's my name attached to it. You know, people know that I'm the one that's there doing everything and I don't want to disappoint anyone. I want anyone that comes in, whether they're famous or a local or a backyard guy like I once was, I want them to have the same experience. I want them to walk away saying, wow, this is why they're number four. I don't want them to come there and think, eh, you know, this is this is good, but is it special? And so I want to make sure that I put everything that I have into it to make sure that they walk away knowing why it's number four in Texas. Yeah, well, you definitely, like, said, like Brian alluded to, Bodacious Mob really had a, a reputation when you got there, and yeah. you have taken that torch and absolutely carried it high since you've taken it over. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you've really put your spin on things. We're excited to see what the future holds for you one year, five years from now. We think, obviously, it's going to be in barbecue, period. And, yeah. and, and you've, you've maintained that standard at Bodacious. And we're excited for you, man. We're excited uh, to see what you keep doing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful uh, for people like you guys to help me. And uh, you guys have always been big supporters of me since the day I met you when I literally was no but when I was no one I mean I'm still not I'm still really not anyone I just cook food but none of us are anyone. yeah yeah. but (laughs) you know what I mean like you know people like people like y'all give a platform to guys like me to talk about things and and just shine a light on what happens behind the scenes because it's not all it's not all glitz and glamour and being a rock star you know uh I'm no one I just I like cooking food and I want people to like my food and, uh, you know, it's just cool to be able to tell that story so people can hear what goes into everything. It's not it's not as easy as it might seem. There's a lot to it. We definitely appreciate you know, pride and passion in cooking and, and, and people that are inventive as well that are trying to stretch the boundaries of, of barbecues. Yeah. So it's great to see it, especially when you have to balance that with legacies and histories. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always interesting to see how you're trying to evolve barbecue, but yet still fit within the construct of what classic barbecue is supposed right. to be so always great to see things like the guest streaks and pork belly burn ends because it's it's kind of familiar you know but nobody was doing pork belly burn ends that i know of years ago I mean, no no i don't but, think that was a, a common dish in lockhart and well it is now Kreitz is doing them <laughs> but is doing it now yeah. but yes i mean you, you've really put your spin on it and, and really helped evolve it and you've got speaking of evolving you've got a dish you need to evolve right now yeah so. yeah i uh, <laughs> probably do need to get over there and i need to find uh, uh a cold beverage as well. <laughs> All right. Well, we're in the right place for yeah, that. Yeah, St. Arnold Brewery and yep. Houston, Houston Throwdown, Barbecue yep, Throwdown. Yeah, Craft Brewery in Texas, St. Arnold. We're uh, we're happy to be out here, happy to be you know, lending a, a little helping hand to you, and we can't wait to see how this day unfolds. Heck yeah. Thank we'll you, We'll try guys. to win this thing. 